All right. So I don't think it's coincidence. I don't think it's coincidence. I know I fall short with uh, making sure we have who's ready to, to open up on Sundays, right? Erica texted me this morning, and Erica was like, hey, Pastor, if you don't have somebody to open up, you know, I have some things I wanted to kind of bring to the congregation. I was like, you know what? Sure, that'd be great, because I had not had picked someone to open up the service. So I was like, this is amazing. Um, and, and then as I'm listening to Sister Erica and as I'm listening to all the songs that we've been singing in today's worship, I was like, well, it's no coincidence because we don't believe in coincidence. We don't serve a God of coincidence, right? There's no coincidence that today's title is called Eight Things. But do you guys know eight things? What is well, Eight things about what? Because that's all you guys got, right? Eight things. The title was Eight Things, and that's what you guys saw on social media, just that. And um, it's eight things that are a result, eight things that happen when we worship and praise our God. Eight things that happen when we worship and praise our God. And listen, so if you're watching today on TV, on the Internet, if you're here today in person, I believe that God is wanting, he's making sure you understand this. He wants to see a lifestyle of worship and praise from you guys. He wants that. He desires that. He wants, he, he, you know, like she said, like what parent doesn't want their kids to, to lift their arms? You're like, what parent doesn't want that? I mean, at this point, I know my daughter's getting heavier and heavier, but I still love it when she does that. You know, I still love it, you know? Praise God. So we have so much today to worship and praise God for. And what we don't understand that there's great power, there's, there's a great power in giving honor to him when we do that. There's a great power to that. Um, many of us have seen and lived, out, lived this out in our lives or in the lives of others. We've seen in the lives of others things happen, amazing things happen, where people will worship and praise God, where they get excited, where they, they, they give God the glory, and, and it's amazing. You know, the Bible's filled with examples, right? The Bible's filled with examples when people worship and praise, especially as after a result of something miraculous, right? God parted the seas, you know? Um, uh, he, uh, the, the dead were raised. Um, you know, we, we see all these things, you know, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the lame walk, the blind see. We see times and, and instances where people praise and worship God, especially after experiencing something great. How many of us know that we'd be the first ones to be like, hallelujah, when something amazing happens? You know, when something good happens. I mean, come on. You get a raise at work? You get a new car? You get a new house? And trust me, you guys know we finally, like, I'm, we've, been, we've been searching and stuff, so I'm, I'm, we've been praising God because we believe that we should be moving into our new house in a month. So, uh, yes, we praise God through it. We were, were like, praise God, right? However, however, it's also a reality um, that too often we get caught up in the daily struggles, you know, we get caught up in the daily routine, in the routine. You know, the constant life demands on you, the constant demands of life on you that weigh you down, that bring you down, that fill, uh, fill your life with negativity or, certain th- or, or, or hardships. You know, um, in, th- in this type of life, you know, we come, come to church on Sunday and we say, you know what, I need to praise and worship God, and we check off the box on Sunday. Well, some of us that actually praise and worship on Sundays, we check off the box on Sunday and we say, I did it. I worshiped and I praised him. I'm good till next Sunday. We check off the box and we think that we're somehow good for the week, yet our souls, our souls are so far from him and distant. You know, even, even as we sit here, some of us sing the songs, and, and not everybody here today, maybe, maybe somebody watching online, but not you guys. But we sing the songs, and our souls are far from him, our hearts are cold. But we're singing the songs because that we're worshiping, right? We're worshiping. Worship is more than just singing a song. That's why I want them to repeat that chorus, and my heart yearns and burns for you. Like, when you get to a place where your heart burns for God, 
You know, you could talk, you could sing, you could mime. Well, I don't know, you could do whatever. But at that point, when your soul yearns and burns for God and expressing that to him is worship, it's praise. Sometimes it really is a sacrifice to offer praise because I'm going to be honest, you don't always feel like doing it. You could love God, wake up on the wrong side of the bed and not feel like worshiping God. You could feel like not coming to church. Listen, I, told, <laughs> I was talking to an individual, I think, a week ago, and I said, I get it. Sometimes you wake up and you're like, I just can't make it. to. I, don't, I just don't feel like going. I just don't feel like going. I'm going to tell you right now, we all feel that way at some points. But what if one day you guys come in and you guys are like, hey, where's Pastor at? Erica says, oh, he just didn't feel like coming in today. He wasn't feeling too well. You know, he was out late last night. I know some of us have responsibilities that we don't have the liberties of doing things like that. But I hope that you see, and and as you're watching and as you're listening, you see the examples through uh, many of the pillars that we have here at Lighthouse that rain or shine, hail, sleet, you know, flooding, COVID, whatever the case may be, have been dedicated and committed and have served with complete, like, selflessness. Can, can you guys clap for them? Because you guys don't see them, but there's a lot of them. Sometimes that booth has like six people in it, you know? And you guys see the ones up here, but there's people right now with our kids, and there's people in the booth, and, and there's people by the doors, and it, it takes a family. It takes a family. Which, by the way, there's always room for more if you want to serve, if you want to help, if you want to be a part of it, if you want, if you want to get involved, if you want to teach, you want to just kind of serve in area, let me know. Let me know because this is not the, uh, a members-only VIP thing. If you guys are sitting here, if you're watching, you're part of our church and you want to serve, I, I, want, to, I want to help you get that opportunity to do this so. Some of us say we're struggling. We're struggling. How can I worship God when I'm struggling? My son, my kids are on drugs, or, or, or my, you know, uh, my, my loved one is, is behind bars. Uh, or, or, or how can I love, how can I worship and praise him when I'm struggling? I am like, the world can see that I'm struggling. How would that look if I'm praising God? I'm weary. I don't feel good. I feel like, you know, I feel like, you know, when you just got that, like, that lazy feeling, but that it feels like a mixture of sickness and lazy all into mixed in together, and you're like, I just don't feel like doing anything. How could I worship and praise him? The worst thing, and, and the thing that, a, a lot, that is very common is we feel like God has let us down. I prayed for God to do something, and he didn't do it, and you expect me to praise and worship him. I trusted and I believed that God would do this miracle and he didn't do it. And now you want me to worship and praise him. And what happens is sometimes we think of God as needing to submit to our desires and answer our petitions the way we want to. And if not, then how can we worship and praise him? That's the things that we think about. We make a decision to fix our eyes on him. No matter what we're going through. When you, when you decide, I'm going to praise him, I'm going to worship him, no matter what you're going through, right? And you begin to give him this praise on a daily basis, not just Sundays, not just Sundays, but on a daily basis, you, we begin to realize that God has already begun to loosen the grips of struggles in our lives. I want you to understand this. A daily lifestyle of worship. And there's nothing that, there's no, there's no chain, there's no, there's no handcuffs, there's nothing that can keep you bound as you live a lifestyle of worship. Doesn't matter how good you sing or not, let it out. Let it out. Listen, listen, church, church is a place where if you don't know how to sing, it's okay to still sing. You know? It's okay. It's all right. Just don't go to American Idol. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Please, don't do that. 
And I will tell you the truth. I will not let you embarrass yourself in front of the world. I will tell you. I don't know how some... No, I know. All right. I'll stop it. I'll stop it. So, so but, but it doesn't matter how good you sing or not. It doesn't matter if you're alone, if you're with a couple people, if you're with a whole bunch of people. It shouldn't stop your worship or praise. It doesn't matter if you feel like it or not. You have to push through that. You have to push through it. Listen, let me tell you something. Some of the, some of the uh, uh, most intense moments in worship have been days that I have not wanted to worship. There have been days that I didn't want to be here uh, or be at church at that day. It, it was times where, where I was going through my own stuff, and I was like, man, I, don't, I just don't feel like. But I pushed through that because guess what? No matter what my circumstances are, he still is worthy of praise. No matter what my circumstances are, he's still worthy of worship. And so what happens is you kind of got to push your, put, put your stuff over to the side. And understand is that we serve a God that is holy, sovereign, and, 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 and he deserves your praise and worship. doesn't matter uh, what we have in our hearts. We got to tune in to our creator. We got we to gotta, we get past that, get in line with our creator, our king. Let's turn to Psalms uh, chapter 146, verses 1 and 2. Psalms 146, verses 1 and 2. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God as long as I exist. Can you say that that's how you're living? Are we, are we praising him daily? Are we praising him? Are we gonna, are we, have we made a decision to praise him, to worship him as long as you live, as long as you exist? It doesn't say here when things are good. It doesn't say here when you get promoted. It doesn't say here when, when things are all, you know, when things are nice and peachy. It just says, as long as I exist. And we know that in our existence, we will experience troubles and tribulations and all that stuff. But we still will praise him through it. Our praise to God does, does things. It does eight things that we're going to talk about today in the midst of our worship and praise. And the first thing that I want to mention is that when we worship and when we praise, it gets our focus off of ourselves and back on God. This is, this, we, we, yo, some generations were known for some, like, gangster stuff. You know, we look in the, you know, the, the, the prohibition era of our country, and, and, and we know that time frame for prohibition and gangsters, right? You know all the gangster movies. Don't, don't judge me. Don't judge me. You know, don't, don't be super religious right now on me. All right, so look, so uh, yeah, you know, the, the suits and the, and the fancy cars. So, so that was an era that we knew for that. Then there was an era of like this hardworking, like America was like super hardworking and, and everybody was, you know, um, trying to make a better life. Then you had a generation that was known for, hey, we have to fight for your country. And everybody was signing up to go to war. Everybody was signing up. You know, you, have, you had kids lying about their ages because they wanted to go to Vietnam and fight. You had kids that were 16 years old finding ways to change documents, 17 years old, finding ways to lie so that they can get shipped over and fight and die. Then you move into generations, and, and you got, like, you know, disco dancing and all that stuff. And people know, like, the 70s, not for anything but disco. You say 70s, what well, do you remember? 70s. Disco, staying alive, right? Everybody wants to stay alive in the 70s. The 80s, the 90s had a bunch of stuff. We can't get into that. But now, what are we known for? What, 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 is, what, what is our generation guilty of? This, this generation, the era that we're living in, is a very self-centered generation. I'm talking about it's about me. It's about what I want. It's about how I look. It's about what I want to get from me. It's about how good I can do. And then what happens is, and then not only, not only are they living that way, but they have to document it. 
so that everybody can see that it's about them. Now, listen, listen, listen. I'm not coming against creating memories. Come on. Taking pictures. We do that. We do that. Right? We do that, right? But you all know what I'm talking about. There's a difference. There's a difference. And so what happens is when we praise and we worship, you know, um, it's kind of like we're putting aside this, this selfie lifestyle of about me, and we turn to God and say, it's about you. It's about you. I want to worship you. I want to praise you. You're, wor- you're awesome. You're worthy. You're holy. You're, like, 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 like you're amazing. You're, you're loving. You're, you're graceful. You're, and the thing is what happens is you begin to change your focus no longer on you but on him. We're prone to selfishness. If you're not careful, you're going to be selfish. It's, it's, you have to be intentional to be selfless. We have to be intentional. It's kind of kind of give yourself a little pep talk every day, like, okay, Vince, it's not about you today. It's not about you today. Remember that. All right. Thanks. Let's do it. Sometimes you got to give yourself a little pep talk. If you have to do that, it's okay. But whatever it takes, intentional to be selfless. Intentional to be selfless. Because life isn't all about us. He desires our eyes to be set on him. He desires that because that's where our true hope is found. It's not found on what we can do for ourselves. We look at Psalms 150, verse 2. It says, praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. He's worthy of our praise. No matter what we face from day to day today. Second thing that when we praise and we worship, the second thing that happens is that uh, praise and worship brings us to a place of humility. It brings us to a place of humility. Well, what do you mean? How, How does that work? When we go before God and we begin to praise and worship him, it's almost, you're, what you're doing is you're exalting God and you're lowering and, and, and humbling yourself. It's like when you see the movies of people that would, be, that would go before a king, right? They would never just walk up to the throne, right? They would kind of walk up a little bit and then as soon as they got certain, a certain distance, they would kneel. They would kneel before the king. They humbled themselves before a king, and that's earthly kings. So how much more should we humble ourselves before God, the king of kings? Sometimes we go through life thinking, I got this. I can do this on my own. I have a three-year-old who will be four in like two weeks, two or three, yeah, two weeks, and she thinks she could take on the world. She thinks she could do it all by herself. I mean, I'm sick and tired of hearing it all day. Daddy, no, I got this. I could do it by myself. I'm a grown-up. No, you're not a grown-up. You're you're not even four yet. But she'll say that. I'm a grown-up. What do you mean? She even has this thing now. She says, I know everything. She tells me, Daddy, I know everything. I'm like, what? So I'd be like, what's five plus five? She's like, I don't know. I was like, so I thought you knew everything. <laughs> but she'll still say, I know everything. I don't need you as another one. I don't need you. I know everything. You know, I, I don't need your help. And, and I'm like, yo, if somebody would just hear this girl. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I know how that disturbs my soul because I'm disturbed. When I'm looking at my three-year-old and she's telling me she don't need me, she's telling me that she knows everything, she's telling me that she doesn't want my help, I'm disturbed as her dad. It bothers me. How do you think God feels when we live our lives saying, I know it all already? I don't need your help. I got this. 
and we walk around our lives um, on a day-to-day basis saying, I'm going to do and I'm going to succeed my way, on my terms, on my own strength, because I'm smart enough to do it. I got the resources to do it. I don't need nobody's help. I've been alone. I'm going to be alone. I'm going to do it. And the thing is, we get this attitude, and we think, like, I'm going to make myself accomplish what I need to accomplish. And God is looking down, and he probably just wants to do the the biggest back slap. (laughs) He just wants to be like, he wants to wait till you perfectly position yourself, right? And then... imagine because guess what God has done so much more for me than I have for my daughter and I still feel this way for my daughter I have not even come close to doing for my daughter than what God has done for me and yet it disturbs me when my child acts that way can you imagine when your creation acts like that As we praise him, we acknowledge our need for him and our dependence on God. When you worship and praise, you're saying, I need you. I depend on you. As we praise and worship him, we we, we acknowledge that he's our creator, the king of this world. And we recognize and we admit that we are not in control, but you are. He is. So, what's the third thing? Praise and worship, it makes the enemy flee. It makes the enemy flee. Some of you guys got that fighting spirit inside of you, right? Some of you guys, I don't know, back in the day on the street, you were trouble. Okay, all right. And now you feel like you're saved and, you know, you can't be trouble no more. But let me, let me give you permission let me give you permission to still be trouble, just in a different, just in a different angle here, all right? Because some of us were real gangsters in the streets, real tough, right? And now we're saved, and we got soft. They call you soft, right? Somebody tried to call you soft one day, right? Remember that? I ain't going to say no names. Somebody tried to call her soft one day. But the thing is, it's different. It's different. <laughs> it's different. What happens is, it's not that you're soft. It's that you become gangster in a different way. What happens is you can still have that same, that same uh, passion and, and, and uh, uh, fierceness, but you, you, now you direct it toward the enemy because you're a soldier in the army of the Lord. You're, you're, you're a disciple of Christ. And so what happens is um, one, of the, one of the best ways, one of the most effective ways to combat the enemy is to worship and praise the Lord. So if some of you guys want to get gangster in the spiritual realm and you guys want to stand up and fight against the darkness and the, and the principalities that come against us, then guess what? We do it through praise and worship. Praise and worship. Second Chronicles 20, 22. It says, As they began to sing... And praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir and, uh, who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. And they were defeated. The men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, these were three different armies. Three different armies that were surrounding and invading Judah. We are living in evil times, and because we're living in evil times, we have uh, evil circumstances, right? We have attempts from the enemy to disturb our peace, to rob us of our joy, to uh, rob us of our family. You know, um, listen, I was talking to my wife last night, and I was like, there has been so much death. So in the last month, I, I can't, I, I'm, losing, I, I, I'm losing track of all the families that have lost someone, you know? And, I, yeah, I know a few were, 
were, were, were natural, but there were so many that involved drugs. So many that involved drugs and so much drug overdose. People used to be like, you see, people used to think, I'm, can, I, can, I talk, can I talk regular to y'all? Some people used to think that weed was all right, right? They're like, oh, I smoke a little weed. You know, that's nothing. It's just, it's, it's natural. It's not natural anymore. There's a lot of stuff that, that I know one person that, that died. Two people, because there was something in it. And so in the last month, two people have died because they were just smoking weed. Listen, the enemy's out to kill, to destroy, to steal. There's nothing, there's nothing safe as far as, uh, there's no safe sin. Can I, can I say it that way? There's no safe sin? The wages of sin is what? That's found in Romans 6.23, in case you need to look it up later. It's, there's consequences to it. I'm losing where I'm at. I'm not even supposed to be there. Many times we grow weary and frustrated, and we try to find our own battles. I'm going to tell you right now, if Judah would have tried to fight that on their own terms, they would have been annihilated. And in the same manner, if we try to do things on our own terms, this world will swallow us up. Sin will swallow you up. But when we praise, but when you worship, what it does is it pushes back the darkness. Wasn't there a song? Pushing back the darkness. No? Okay. All right. They look at me like, I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, but it pushes back the darkness. It blocks the attacks of the enemy. And what it does is it also blocks the lies. Did you? Listen. This is another thing. Sometimes he's a, he's a master deceiver. Satan is a master deceiver, and what he does is he throws these fiery darts, right, and it enters our mind, and it starts to convince us, to sway us, to make us doubt things, to make us question things. And what happens is if you are living a lifestyle of praise and worship, then when else things are thrown, you're like, listen, listen, that doesn't sound like my God because I know my God. I sing to him every day. I worship him every day. We have a daily, we have a daily uh, one-on-one session. And so what I'm hearing, what I'm seeing in my mind right now, I know that that's not from my God because I know my God. I have relationship. And so that's another, that's another uh, thing that as we praise and we worship, as we praise and we worship, um, it blocks the lies from the enemy. Evil will not stick around through our praise. He can't stick around. The enemy can't stick around because when we praise, the, the, the God comes and his Holy Spirit, it, it, it combats that. And, it ha- and there's always victory in Christ. There's always victory in that. The people of Judah were saved from their enemies. They should have been annihilated, but they turned to God. And they, it says they began to sing and to praise. Can you imagine these soldiers? And this is, listen, this is another thing. I know Miguel, we mentioned about a, a rotation of men, and, and Miguel was mentioning something, you know, just getting some of the men more, more involved, more, more uh, to take some more responsibility. Let me tell you, and ladies, I, there, there's times for you, but let, let, let the men have a little moment right now. Um, there's something powerful, and this is what we don't want. There's something powerful when a group of men, men, Come together because I know this. I know that women are in the military these days, but in these back back then, these were men. These were men, and these men that were ready to fight began to sing and to worship and to praise. Can you imagine an army of men with weapons in their hands, but holding on to weapons? yet singing and worshiping a mighty God. Come on. Come on. I know all the ladies be like, woo! I need me one of those men. Oh, man, woo! Come on. I'm going to tell you right now, it, I mean, there's power in that. And, and, and I, need, I need the men of the body of Christ to wake up and say, you know what? We need to bring that power back to the church today. We need that. We need it. It's, again, let me remind you, this God that did this in the OT 
is the same God that we serve today. Same capable God. They were victorious because of their praise and worship. You know, um, as we talk about praise, me, uh, making the enemy flee, and, and, and you know, we, we, we understand that praise delivers us. It delivers us. Remember the story where Joseph was taken by his brothers and he was thrown into a pit, left to die? What brother was the one that said, no, let's go back? Judah. Does anybody know what Judah means? Praise. It was praise that delivered Joseph out of that pit. Some of us find ourselves in some pits, many pits, but praise can deliver you. Number four, praise leaves no room for complaining and negativity. When we worship and we praise, we can't complain because you're too busy worshiping and praising, right? Sometimes, even in our, in our prayers, we can tend to be negative. And let, let, me, let me give you an example. Father, I need your help because you know everything's going wrong. Everything I do is going wrong. Nobody likes me. Nobody's helping me. Nobody, and, the, and you have this prayer of all this negativity, and even our prayers are negative. So why don't you do a less, little less of that and just worship him? Just praise him. It's not hard to complain or be negative. It's not hard. It's not. It's easy to fall into that. But when we praise and worship him, we begin, we're focused on him. We're focused on him. No longer giving too much attention to all the stuff that we're going to, all the junk that's causing us to take our eyes off him. But when we praise him, it shifts back to him. Through praise, we're reminded of what he's already done in our lives. Listen. He's done something in all your lives already. Some people are like, oh, I don't think. No, no, he already has done something in all your lives. You're watching, you're here. He's done something in your life. He's done something. He's, he's saved you. He's delivered you. He's healed you. He's sheltered you. What is that? What is that? He's called you. He's chosen you. Man, go ahead. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on. One day, one day, one day. He's already done some things in our lives. He's died for you. We're reminded that he knows our concerns, right? He knows our concerns and he's capable of taking care of it all. Let's turn to Psalms uh, 103, 2 and 4. says, bless the Lord, all, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pits. We just talked about the pit. Who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. Mm. He forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your disease, who redeems your life from the pit. Let's worship him and praise him because he's capable and willing to do these things. All right, five. Now, five and six kind of go together, so we'll kind of mix them up a little. We'll kind of put them in. But let's say the title of five is praise and worship makes room, makes room for God's blessings over our lives. It makes room for God's blessings over our lives. Some of us today are lacking something. You know, we all lack, right? None of, us, none of us have it all. But some of us are lacking some things in this life. Perhaps, you know, we're not living the way that God intended. Um, you know, and we're, and we're missing out on some things. Uh, you know, but perhaps we're not living in his presence. Like we, we're lacking some things in our lives. But we're also lacking living in the presence of God. What happens is, when we praise him and we worship him, it brings us into the presence of God. It brings us into the presence of God. And it's in the presence of God that you begin to position yourself. We talked about this before, right? We talked about being in the presence of God, getting positioned, 
position for his blessings over your life. Praise opens the gateway of blessing. Let's turn to Psalms, uh, Psalm chap- uh, chapter 100, verse 4. It says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his court with praise. Give him thanks and bless his name. Give him thanks. You know, sometimes, sometimes we're lacking in our lives and we're asking God for things, right? But we haven't even thanked him for what he's already done. What we call that in Spanish? Malagradecido. How do you say that? What's that word? No, in English. Ungrateful. Ungrateful. It's like, it's like yo, I just, I just did all this for you. Can't even say thank you. And you already asking for something else? I mean, if your child or somebody did that to you, how would that make you feel? Right? What if, what if Dre? What if Dre was like, you know, you know, I mean, because y'all, y'all be hooking, y'all be hooking the, all the kids up. They, they, that's, that's a blessed family right there, right? But let, let's say, let's say Trey gets all the football gear, all the baseball gear. He gets all the trips where he wants. He gets everything. He gets the latest stuff. And then he turns around and looks at his dad. He's like, yo, but, um, but you got me the wrong cleats because the ones I wanted was those. <laughs> Andy's going to be like, Tch. <laughs> We do that to God. We do that to God. God has given us so much, and sometimes we don't even thank him for what he's already done in our lives, and we're turning around and they're asking for something else. When we worship and we praise him and we give him thanks, what parent doesn't want to do more for their kids? What parent is saying, oh, when, when, the, when your child needs, like, I'm going to be there. I got you. I got you. I don't know, Abigail's getting to a place. I don't want to do nothing with her. She, she know it all. I, I'm a ta- I told her to get a job. She know it all. She can do it by herself. Get a job. <sighs> child trafficking. Uh, wait, wait, no, child labor. Child labor. No, not trafficking. Child labor. Who was it, Martha Stewart? With the child. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All right, so then what happens is Ephesians 1, 3. It says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Listen, he's already blessed us with some things in heavenly places. I don't think, they're not getting that part. But they're not getting that part. You see, because we want the blessing now. We want the blessing here. We want the blessing like right now. Show me the money. Some of us. And what the word is saying, yo, he's already blessed you in heavenly places. There's some spiritual blessings already that you will receive in a heavenly place. Praise invites his presence. And so we kind of, that's why I said five and six kind of go together because God dwells close to us when we praise him. He lives in our praises. He desires our praise. In Psalms 22, 3, it even talks about he inhabits. He inhabits the praises of his people. Look at that. But thou art holy, and uh, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. He inhabits the praises of his people. Seven, through praise and worship, our spirits are refreshed and renewed in his presence. Even as Christians, we go through times in our lives when uh, all the things around us, it, it, it sucks the energy out of you. It sucks the energy out of you. And, and, if, and if you are active in ministry and you are leading in ministry, you know that there are times where you feel drained. I mean, you feel drained. Like you just don't, I mean, it just sucked the life out of you, you know? And you, and, and you, feel, and you feel like weak. But yet... Through praise and worship, it kind of regenerates that. It charges the batteries. It refreshes it. It gives you like a a boost to keep on going. Yet through praise, we are strengthened by his peace 
and refueled by his joy. Because I'm going to tell you sometimes, when the life is sucked out of you, there is no joy. And when we serve, when we serve as the body of Christ, if we serve in ministry, there should always be joy. There should always be joy. Because you, get, you, you're, you have an opportunity to serve a king of kings. You have an opportunity to, to help in, in the expansion of the kingdom of heaven. Through a loving heart of praise and worship, we realize that uh, God doesn't just change our situations. He changes our hearts. And this is something that's important because sometimes we worship and we praise because we want God to change the circumstance. But through our worship and praise, God ends up changing your heart. And as he changes your heart, then you're like, oh, it wasn't the circumstance that needed to change. It was me. And that happens when we praise and we worship him. Because when we praise and worship and we're in his presence, right, him being the light illuminates our, into our lives and we get to see the things in our lives that we shouldn't be and the things that need to change. Psalm 16, 11 talks about that in his, presence, in his presence there is fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. Psalm 63, uh, 3 and 4. It says, because your love is better than life. Let me stop for a second. Because your love is better than life. Man. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hand. Because your love is better than life. We all love our lives. We all want the best for ourselves and for our loved ones. And, and you know, we want to we do the best we can in the time that we're here. But have we, do we feel that way? Do we feel that his love is better than life? Because if we do, what it means is that your life comes secondary to your love for him. And if your life comes secondary to your love for him, then you're willing to submit and obey him. You're willing to go where he sends you. You're willing to say what he tells you to say. You're willing to love people that you don't want to love. Eight. It says... Praise, uh, the eighth thing that praise and worship does is that it paves the way for God's power to be displayed. Miracles happen. Let's turn to Acts chapter 16, verses 25 and 26. Man, I love this story. I wish I could like find a way to preach on it like every Sunday. I'll be stuck with it. But this is an amazing, powerful uh, scripture when we read about this. So let's, let's read it here. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains come loosed. And immediately the doors were open, and everyone's chains were came loose. Some said, some versions say the, the 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 their bonds were unfastened, chains broken. Guys, it's like it's like when you know what God can do, and you're trying to tell someone about it, and you're just hoping that they will like listen. So they can experience God in a powerful way. Like, I'm telling you this, right? I'm, 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 I'm speaking this to you. And I'm like, man, I'm speaking to myself too because I need to praise and worship more. I need to do it more. We all need to do it more. There's no, there's no like, we can't, we can't overdo it when we praise and worship. And we can't overdo it. 
And the thing is, as I'm saying this, it's like, man, I hope that they're listening to this because this could change their lives. It could change your lives if you were to worship and praise your God. I mean, it really would. There will be times that we find ourselves in impossible situations, and there's nothing that we can do to change it. Nothing that we can do to change it. There was nothing Paul and Silas could have done. They couldn't pick those locks. They, they couldn't, they didn't have the strength of Samson, you know, to, to break open the, 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 the prison bars and, and get out. They couldn't do anything. They could not do anything about their circumstance. So they chose to praise and to worship. Many of us are in moments where we cannot do things. We can't do anything about our circumstance. Sometimes we have a health diagnosis, right? We can't do anything about the circumstance. Sometimes changing your diet helps, but sometimes you can't do anything. You know, we have someone that's far away from you that you can't get to them. You can't have them with you. You can't change the circumstance. There are things that that happen that we just can't do anything about. We can't change the circumstance, but we can worship and praise our God. Because he is the one that can change the circumstances. He can do it. He can do it. When we praise and worship, we can experience supernatural intervention. It said an earthquake shook the prison. Remember, we don't serve a God of coincidence. It was a result of their praise and worship. God shook that prison. He broke those chains. Yet, we see that it was through their praises that set them free, and some of us are bound to some chains today. Some of us are bound today to some chains that need to be broken. And perhaps you've tried on your own strength. Perhaps you try to, you know, uh, you know, stay away from some things or, or, or try not to do things uh, maybe a little less or whatever the case may be, but those, there are some chains that only God can break, only the presence of God, and he wants to set you free from those today. Can you guys stand up with me this, this morning? Have the prayer team come up. Tony. So today, today it's it's uh it's a simple message, more of a teaching, I guess what can be as a result of our praise and worship. Some of us are guilty of not worshiping and praising him enough. Some of us may not even realize what praise and worship could actually do. But today, today can be a day where you can make a decision to say, you know what, I'm going to change my lifestyle around. and it's gonna make, I'm going to live a lifestyle of praise and worship. Like Sister Erica said, you know, I, you know what, I'm going to let loose those hands. I'm going to raise them up to daddy. I'm going to raise them up to that. I'm not going to care if I'm sure or unsure. I'm not going to care if there's someone around that, you know, I may like or not like and think I'm, you know, they're going to think I'm weird by raising my hands. Can I tell you a personal testimony? For some reason, when I was a teenager, I was able to raise my hands when I used to go away to, like, to youth retreats, right? When it was just teenagers, like, and they were all doing it, I could do it too. But I would come back from a youth retreat to, to church, and I couldn't lift my hands in the congregation. I felt embarrassed somehow. My 
parents were there. There were other people there. There were old people there. Like, that's what I thought when I was a teenager, right? I didn't want to lift my hands up. But let me tell you that sometimes we go through some things in life that that bring you to your knees. Even if you don't want to be on them, they will tear you down. And I tell you right now that there was a time that God just brought me to my knees and, and, and I found myself in church and I was able to just be like, look, I don't care who's around. I don't care who's looking. I don't care what people are going to think. All I know is that I need God to do something in my life. And at that moment, I lifted my hands to him. I was shouting and screaming, and I can't sing very good, but I don't care. And God just did something in my life that I can't even explain. It was a feeling of freedom, a feeling of liberation. Almost like I felt alive once again. And I couldn't ever stop. After that point, I didn't care who was there. I didn't care how I looked. There were some days that my arm would hurt, so my arm would be twisted or this way or only here or this way. I'll have to switch them after a while. It didn't matter how. I wasn't going to be ashamed. I was going to show God and everyone around me you see, because that's the thing. We worship, we do it for him. But in my, in my act of worshiping him, others are going to see me surrender to God in worship. And I hope that it's an example to one day someone to be like, you know what? I'm going to surrender myself to worship. And so, you know what? I, listen, listen. What brings... what? I like to see it. I can only imagine God because it's just me and I'm a man. I'm just human. But there have moments throughout the years of ministry that I have stood on a, on a, on a pulpit, on, on an altar. And I've looked out at the congregations where the congregations have all had their hands lifted in worship. Everyone is singing. Everyone is worshiping. Everyone is surrendered. Everyone could care less about the person next to them. Everyone is saying, God, I need you. I want you. you got to do something in my life. You're awesome. Whatever the case may be. But everybody is on that plane. And I have experienced the power, the supernatural power of God move and rock foundations in places like that. I pray that becomes an every Sunday thing here. I pray, my prayer is that every Sunday we experience earthquakes in this building. My desire is that as we have visitors that come in, they're like, what is going on here? Look at this. Like, this is like they, they, they just feel the presence of God in such a powerful way that the second they step into this place, they're like, yo, this is amazing. This is wonderful. I said it before. I'm going to keep saying it because I know that you guys, yo, y'all going to have to play back the tape. I'm telling you, listen, people are going to walk in here sick and they're going to leave healed. They're going to come in bound and, and with addictions and also, and they're going to leave delivered. I'm telling you, the presence of God, God can do that. God can do that. We read that the shadow, Peter's shadow, Peter's shadow, he would walk. And Peter's shadow, not Jesus, so I'm going to let you know, Peter's shadow was healing people. Listen, I know that because of the world that we live in and everything has to be factual and everything has to make sense and everything has to align with science and stuff like that, you know, we, we, we lose faith in the supernatural of what God can do. We lose faith in what God is capable of because it doesn't make sense to our brains. Guess what? It's not supposed to make sense. All you're supposed to know is that we serve a God that does not have any limitations and that could do whatever he wants, however he wants. So today, 
I want to let you guys know that you don't have to live worried anymore. You don't have to live stressed. You don't have to focus on all the things that are going wrong in your life. You don't, don't have to do that. You could make a decision today to say, I'm going to praise him. I want to worship him. I want to trust him. I want to focus on the one who has the power to set me free. So if some of you guys feel bound on something, you can say, I, have, I want to focus on the one who has the power to set me free. If you guys are feeling like a lack of joy in your life, then you say, I want to worship and praise the one who has the ability to fill me with joy. If you feel like you're, you're missing or lacking something in life, then you say, you know, I'm going to praise and worship the one who's my provider. If you find yourself surrounded by enemies in this world, then I encourage you to praise and worship the God that can defeat all your enemies. God desires your whole heart. He longs for us to know the power of his presence in our lives. See, this is where God wants to show off. I believe, I, I believe God wants to show off in your life. He wants to show you, like, look, you don't even know what I'm capable of doing yet. Yeah, yeah, I did that. Yeah, 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 I got you to raise. Yeah, yeah, I got you a house. But you don't know half of what I can do. Not even a fraction of what I'm capable of doing. So today, today I want to do a simple prayer with you guys. I want to pray with you guys, and I want us to leave encouraged. Encouraged that we're going to change our lifestyles to be a lifestyle of praise and worship. If right now you're struggling with a lifestyle of praise and worship, perhaps you're just overwhelmed with all the things that are happening in your life. And look, that's normal. We all get overwhelmed. If you feel overwhelmed at this moment, I want to open the altar because we want to pray with you. If you feel like, like the enemy has stolen your joy and there's, just, there's, there's no peace, I want to pray with you. I invite you to the altar. So as we're praying, I invite you to the altar because today no one should leave downcasted. No one should leave uh, uh, with a feeling of lacking joy. No one should leave feeling like they're lacking. No one should leave feeling bound to anything. Listen, God wants to do it right now, right here. Father God, we pray, Lord God. Right now, as we pray to you, Lord, the altar is open, and we ask that you stir the hearts of those that are sitting and standing here today as we invite them to the altar so that we can pray with them. So they can be reminded that your love is eternal, unconditional, that your mercy and grace, Lord, covers us. Father God, that you desire that we worship and praise you, Lord, because it, it, it ushers us into your presence, Lord. It takes our focus off of us and onto you, Lord. You break the chains of the things that keep us bound. You protect us from our enemies. Father God, right now, right now, Lord, Give them strength and boldness and confidence. Right now, those that are here in the building right now that need boldness, that need uh, to adjust a lifestyle of worship and praise, draw them to the altar now that they may experience liberation, that they may experience the peace of God, that they may experience the joy of the Lord, that they may experience your love in such a way that they may leave here different today. Father God, we also, Lord, we, we, we can't leave today without uh, providing an opportunity of those that may be here or may be watching that have not accepted you as Lord, their Lord, their personal Lord and Savior. If you're here today or if you're watching at home and you have not made a decision to say, that is who I want to serve, that's my God then today you can make that decision. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Father God, look at those that need you that want to accept you today. If that's you, let's pray. Let's continue to pray. Say, Lord, I'm a sinner. 
and I need you. I want to change my life. Come into my heart today, Lord. Forgive me, Lord, of all my sins. Well, I believe that you are uh, the Son of God. I believe that you died on the cross for me. I believe that you rose on the third day. I want to be a disciple of you, Lord. Help me, Lord. Give me wisdom, strength, and the boldness to stand firm with my decision. In Jesus' name, amen.